Oh, hey. Hi. It's Jessica. I feel like we surprised you there. <laughs> That's right. We're recording Fat Mascara. Yes. It's it's very cold today here in New York. This is like the first day of the cold snap. Don't I get to introduce myself before we talk about the weather? Oh, you didn't say you're Jen? No, I'm Jen. Oh, hey. What's hi, up? Hi, hi. Um, so, listen, we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. I'm so excited about this show, and you will understand in just a few moments. But we also have some juicy topics to get into. Okay. Very topical. Let's talk about Visco Girls. I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what um, they are. I will attempt to talk to you about them and not sound like my mother because I feel like I've turned into a mom the minute this whole trend came about this summer. Mm-hmm. I just, okay. Um, are they killing makeup sales, though? That's an interesting beauty angle to this whole Visco Girl thing. And lastly, Jaclyn Hill trying again with her makeup line. Who's our guest? Now, we've had some legendary hairstylists on the show, but... Somebody who is at the top, top, top of the pile. Okay. Like, I mean, the are... pile makes it sound less glamorous, but yes. Top of the heap. Worse. No, it is. <laughs> top like, of the hill. King of the hill. King of the hill. Okay. There are really only a few names, and one of them, without a doubt, is Guido. Guido Palo. He is the global creative director for Redkin, but for far longer, he's been a legend in the industry. He basically created the grunge look in, ter- in terms of hair and, you know, beauty. Um, he has worked with every major designer, and he is somebody who honestly doesn't hop on the mic every day. So we are so hashtag blessed to have Guido in the studio. We've been working on getting this interview for you guys for a while. We hope you enjoy it. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So... What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me. Totally, the scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's hold press 
Best Cacay Oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love, but to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beja Flora Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm-mm-mm, sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code mascara10 for 10% off. Okay, Visco girls, you ready? Let's discuss. First of are all, are you speaking we di- to Visco girls, or are you, or you want to talk about Visco girls? I want to talk, talk about them. Okay, there's none here that I see. First of all, <laughs> I don't. I don't give off Visco girl. No? Not so much. So first, we're going to define it. Do I need to be like 20 years younger? <laughs> I think a lot of people listening might know this term, but I'm not. Yeah, let's sure. define it straight away. VSCO. The app Visco is not just about filters. Yes, mm-hmm. you can put a lovely wash on things. They look like from simpler times, like a 70s sort of like film, mm-hmm. you know, very analog. But it's also how you share photos in a way that is less pressured, I think, than Instagram. Like you can like, share photos on a Visco app. Yeah, or sort of like Tumblr, but the newer version of it is an okay. app. Okay, fine. So out of this came a cold cultural trend uh, of the Visco girl who is half making fun but half proud of it. A lot of the girls are like, I'm a Visco girl. And there's these weird accoutrements that come along with being a Visco girl in the way of any young teen trend, right? So what do you have to use Visco to be a Visco girl? No. And what's funny is like a lot of people who I would look at them and I'd look at. So first of all, my my friend I, Amy, her daughter is 12. So she's who keeps me cool on all these things. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I would look at maybe some of her friends or her and be like, that's a Visco girl. But these girls will be like, I'm not a Visco girl. Let me tell you about some of the accoutrements and then we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. OK, the big one is the hydro flask. Okay, like a water bottle. Yes, because the the trend of this girl is like she's very environmentally friendly. So she's, you know, they always say like, save the turtles. Oh, they actually say that? I mean, kind of. I don't know. sounds mocking. I don't like that. No, no, I don't think they're mocking too. They're just like all natural girls who love being at the beach, drinking their water from this thing with the metal straw. They got like eight scrunchies on their arm, big oversized t-shirt. It's like virtue signaling through... A water bottle? A little bit, but honestly, I was looking at all, uh, like, I the girls that are like this, I'm like, that's all the stuff that I wore in the 90s. It doesn't look big, oversized shirt, like some Vans or, you know. Yeah, this feels very, like, 90s. Um, They love Mario Badescu rose water spray for some reason. It's gotten I read in that, on this. yeah, the $12 rose water spray. Or some other fragrances. It, it is kind of like an understate, like, everything feels, well, maybe not the scrunchies, but there's something very casual about everything. This feels very California. Very Cali casual and anti-consumerism, which I think is hilarious because of all these LOL. branded things like the Fjall Raven backpack. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. how to say that brand name. I didn't know that was, like, no disrespect to this brand, but, like, I remember seeing those when I was younger and they weren't cool then they were not cool i thought that they were for like tourists you no know? you know like jansport goes in and out of fashion jansport was cool yeah w- right but then it wasn't for a while and then it was again and now it's like her- you know how teens are so it's- fickle but like this all this basically just seems to me just is it like it's a little bit big basic it's kind of yeah, basic she's a little basic so why so why did did we retire basic and we went into visco girl no i think it's just that 
the minute things reach a point where they're named or someone gave it a name, then every freaking media outlet and news channel jumps on it. And the minute a mom is explaining on television to the world what a visco girl is, I bet you every girl who's like 12 to 15 and falls into this category is like, ew. Like throw their scrunchies out. I'm not a visco girl anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's like embarrassing. Um, but the reason we wanted to oh, talk yeah. about it was the beauty thing. Besides the fact that they love a Mario Badescu rosewater spray, we read this article um, that perhaps the reason color cosmetic sales are down is because of the visco. Yeah, girl. so color cosmetics, I think we've talked about this in the show. If not, we certainly will. But color cosmetics are really way down. Remember, like just a year or two ago, I feel like they were so up. It was like all of the the brands coming out from like, you know, direct to consumer, heavy pigment, very like Instagram influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now the aesthetic has clearly swung the other way. So Fortune magazine wrote how visco girls are killing makeup sales and reshaping the beauty industry. It's an interesting article. We'll put it on our site. But, um, you know, there's a 21% downcrease in cosmetic Ooh, like downcrease. Yes, yeah, down, not down, a word, but I like it. Downcrease. I, I meant decrease. Sorry, um, but teens are spending like a fifth less than they did last year, which is significant. I think it's this kind of. It's funny I hadn't heard this brought up like immediately with Visco girls, but like the glossier aesthetic. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, that's what's funny. The Visco girl does love some glossier. Yeah, I think it's that that it's. Maybe it's just the pendulum had to swing the other way after, like, years of you got contouring. It. I am not ready to say that color cosmetic sales are down because of Visco Girls. It's just that, like, this makes a nice trend that they start, sort of ra- rose to um, cultural renown right around the time color mm-hmm. cosmetic sales were down. But what I think we're seeing is a backlash to the Instagram drag aesthetic that was big for a couple of years right, there. Right. And there's still men and women who love that look. Not everybody is doing the no-makeup makeup look, but the thing that makes me laugh the hardest about this is, oh, they're supposed to be anti-consumerism and into the environment, but they are still buying products with brand names just like anybody else. Yeah, I don't buy, maybe I'm really cynical, I think I am, but I don't buy that this has anything to do with ethics like or like trying to change the world. I think it's 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 like we, when you're 15 years old, like you want Nikes or Whatever the hell kids want right. now, you so know what I mean? the thing now is maybe what's funny, too, the brands that were named as the this type of teenage girl who really does move the dial on the trends of the culture yeah. were, um, besides the Mario Badesco and the Glossier, they also mentioned Tarte, which I thought was interesting because to me, that doesn't play into that aesthetic other than maybe the marine Tarte thing. was heavy color, but yes, maybe the marine aspect. They do like kind of like a like save the turtles yeah and like, have to do with animals yeah and they have like aquamarine there's like a coral thing one yeah. time but anyway i'm not ready to say that color cosmetic sales are down because of a small pop group of the population of 12 to like 16 year old girls i don't it's my list is my last word on it and it's kind of funny because like this is like what the whole fashion industry is all about like beauty industry but it's just it it's almost a little bit like grunge or you know, any trend that's like, I care, but I don't care. But there's so much thought behind all yes, of this that you can exactly smell it. what it is. Right? And but that's why that, it's annoying. But it's annoying to us as adult women. But as a teenage <laughs> girl, like... That she thinks that she discovered all of these brands for the first time and <laughs> saving the turtles and wearing a scrunchie has never been done before. And like, I feel like that's how you experiment when you're a young woman and trying to find your place in the world. You try on these personas. And I think this is like one of those personas. I don't think it's moving the dial on freaking color cosmetic sales across the whole country. Come on. Me neither. 
So from Visco Girls, let's go all the way to the other side of the dial to yes. Jaclyn Hill, who, frankly, is representative of that group that we were talking about that maybe has been pushed aside a little bit, the Instagram drag hover, heavy color. I don't know if she'd want to be called drag. But no, but the, yeah, the, I get what you're saying. Techniques inspired <laughs> yes. by theater and drag makeup. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we had her on the podcast, episode 117. That was last summer. It was like in July. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so— She was wearing at, those really like short shorts. That's how I remember it was like warm out. Yes, she was. Like buffalo plaid and like short shorts. We didn't talk at that time. She did not have a makeup line. She was working with Beck at that time. She had since then launched a makeup line, which in crazy viral fashion became like it just failed miserably. So there were people reported getting their packages from, you know, Jaclyn Hill and they would close up on the lipstick and it looked like you dropped it on the floor because it had all kinds of little it's weird like fibers. Fibers. And little, like just like little nasty bits on it and people really took <laughs> rather than call customer service <laughs> that's not what you do in 2019 no. they put it on social media and just blasted her and she was guys she was canceled <laughs> To her credit, she also canceled the line. She she did a recall. They refunded a lot of money. She pulled it back. And frankly, I respect that because maybe she didn't, you know, she didn't know what she was putting out. You, yeah. you okay a sample, but you don't know if when it's mass produced, it's going to be up to the quality that you expect. Um, but I'm like, this girl's got balls. She's like, let me try again. I know. I like that. I like the tenacity. I like that she, you know, wasn't like just didn't just run and hide. Um but also, I kind of question like a lot of these these lines, and I don't know how many more color ones we're going to see because of color. Yeah, this one's coming out. The relaunches, I believe, November twenty sixth. Just to like give you a, it's a bold move. But there are so many brands that are just rushing to market. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. We have so many random like personality based cosmetic brands that show up to our beauty closets, and they don't look like they've been thought through. Like I don't. It's this fast cycle. We've seen what it's done to fashion. You know, it's it created a shit ton of waste, excuse me, mm -hmm. um, low quality items just so people can like scratch that itch. And I'm seeing the same thing with cosmetics, you know? Yeah. And didn't, wasn't it Belanda who works at uh, L'Oreal who was mm -hmm. telling us when L'Oreal tests a product, it has to go through the drop test. It has to go through the freezing to heat mm -hmm. test. Like, all, like stability weeks yeah. and weeks. And she's like the shortest that we weeks? could get. Weeks? Like months. Right. Well, she was, I forget what the number was. The shortest she could get a product out was much longer than I think some of these direct to consumer brands that don't have to worry about retailers and all that. Mm -hmm. And obviously Jacqueline, um, realized she had a little bit more work to do on her line. Yeah. So I'm impressed with her for relaunching. And I'm so curious to see if it's like too late. She missed the, like, you know, her time has passed and mm -hmm. she would have made a lot of sales if it was quality, you know, before. She's also had a bit of a social media hiatus in the meantime, which if you want to hear about her social media hiatuses and why that might be, you should listen to episode 117. Yeah. She gets really frank about how it affected her relationship, her marriage, frankly. Right. Um, it's hard Which out there. Ended. It's hard yeah. out there for an influencer. You know what I'm saying? So, I am. I'm. I'm kind of rooting for her. I have to say. Me too. I love a comeback. I love that she owned up to what 
was wrong with the line. Yeah. And I hope to God this one doesn't have weird fuzzy <laughs> bits on it. People get busting out the magnifying glasses. I know. So I'm sure she did her homework. I hope she did her homework <laughs> this time. Good luck, Jacqueline. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me. Totally, the scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's cold press cacay oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love. But to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm -mm -mm, sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code mascara10 for 10% off. know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call, what kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding season? That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring, and I'll tell you what needs to go under them. Honey love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the Honey Love Super Power Short. Full disclosure, I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Super Power Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honey Love Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little zhuzh. And as you know, Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara. Move with confidence thanks to Honeylove. Guys, I have to admit it. I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach so I can buy a couple of things. Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is what... a lot. I guess I, you're right, you're right. 
Load up your cart though. At Quince, it's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories, so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us. And me, for example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra. And they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash fatmascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash fatmascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. Okay, guys, we got him. We snatched him. It's Guido. I picked him up. Guido is here. I'm so excited. We have wanted Guido on the show for such a long time. Um, you know, I'm I'm calling you Guido. You're Guido Palo, but I just like you're one. You're like it's like Cher, Madonna, Guido. There you go. Um, <laughs> he is Redkin's global creative director, but bigger than that, he is a, a hair legend. You know, basically started grunge, work with every big designer you can name of. Every and photographer. Every you can photographer. Name. Like this is this is creme de la creme A plus list. We got Guido in this dude. Welcome. Oh, welcome. God, what an introduction. You like that? Yeah, I loved it. Also, guys, <laughs> I love the Sharon Madonna reference. Uh, uh, perfect. <laughs> it's his first podcast. You've oh, never been on podcast. podcast. Virgin. Okay. I I love that. Like, I have to be like a little self congratulatory. Uh, you don't do a lot of interviews. You come no. to New York, like well, I mean, you live in New York, I live but here, yeah. But you do like the press thing, like two days out of the year, if that, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, then, um, yeah. sorry. No, 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 no. You're right. I don't do a lot of interviews. And then, like, yeah, backstage, we're all frightened to talk to you because you've got, <laughs> you know, a million people in your ear and you also have to create, like, a sculpture for, you know, Marc Jacobs. <laughs> um, but it's it's very exciting to have you here. But I, I got to go back to the beginning. Why did you want to become a hairdresser? It was actually... You're pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't something I kind of, like, I wasn't, like, a little boy in sort of this my small town in in uh, the south of england uh sort of brushing dolls it wasn't my <laughs> i didn't really think about it i there was an inkling of like interested in the way people looked i was interested in style but i didn't know back then that's what it was do you know what i mean and you weren't was, pouring over vogue no i would you know i was intrigued you know it was a very different time it was like you know early 70s do you know what i mean i was uh, you know i was born 62 so when i started to sort of look at people 12 13 i knew there was something i was attracted to like david bowie i was attracted to sort of like sort of sort of popular culture i th mm -hmm. that name wasn't around then but you know i was sort of sort of aware of sort of like visual things you know, it was a very different time. You weren't sort of bombarded by things, you know, and, and you didn't weren't aware of how the fashion industry worked. I mean, the fashion industry was a very different thing then. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> it was still kind of in its infancy. But sort of growing up in a, a small seaside town, um, you know, it was a town that people used to come to on uh, holiday weekends from London and young people, and they seemed more stylish, more sophisticated, mm. and I was attracted to it. But I didn't really know that that would be, you know, you know, I was formulating myself kind of thing. I was 
a, a sort of a, a regular high school and I really didn't do well there. Mm. I didn't fit in. I was the kind of, you know, the odd bod, do you know what I mean? And I didn't, I couldn't sort of like fit in and I ended up not going to school a lot. And so hence yeah. I sort of felt I wouldn't really do very much. You know, I didn't really have a great project projection for myself and nor did my dad didn't either you know I think I was the least like yourself yeah you? you know I think I was the least likely to and I still feel today skipping ahead when I hear um how hard it is especially in America kids trying to get into school and colleges and the pressure to succeed in an academic world you know I feel that's like something I mean Back in the 70s in England, it wasn't that. But if you didn't fit into a mold, you didn't sort of, it didn't work. And I didn't fit into any of those molds. Yeah. And there was no teachers or sort of adults to sort of guide me. So did I you had, feel crappy about it? You're just like, eh, I don't want to. Yeah, I did feel. I didn't know how I'd fit in. And I obviously, yeah. you know, was dealing with my kind of uh, sort of sexuality in a very young age, not being able to express myself in that way either in that time. Do you know what I mean? So there were lots of things going on inside of me that I couldn't really get out. And I didn't really know how I was going to sort of, you know, mm -hmm. go on, on this, you know. But you think that that it's funny. I'm thinking about another podcast that I listened to. Um, the author, Brett Easton Ellis, he always asks his guests, what were you like in high school and like what was the moment like what made you a creative because he's he feels that there's like a thread like a through line with all very successful creative people that there was a moment of hardship or a period of hardship was that your period of hardship yeah i think it was and i think it was like you know i was sort of creative in my head i think i went into my head a lot and i mm -hmm. created this sort of world in a way to escape i mean listen i it, it wasn't terrible but it, it, i i did live in my head mm -hmm. you know and i think later on in life i created my head do you know what i mean it mm. was like a way of how i sort of began creating but you know going back hairdressing wasn't something i was like it was almost something i wanted to get away with because i didn't really want to identify with you know, because it felt like effeminate men sure. were hairdressers. And I was going through a weird kind of, you know, that sort of period of myself. I mean, anyway, sort of move fast forward to when I was sort of 16, 17. I'd left school. I didn't have any grades. I didn't have anything. I sort of traveled around, went to Europe. And I was hitchhiking and doing odd jobs. And, you know, one of the girls I met was a hairdresser. And I thought, mm, I could do that. I didn't really know what else to do. I moved back to England and applied to Vidal Sassoon for an apprenticeship. Um, in England, you don't go to beauty school, you go to a salon and you kind of, you're an assistant for three years and in the evenings you do night classes and learn. That's how we do it there. Anyway, I didn't get on very well there. Mm -hmm. Even though I love the aesthetic of Sassoon's, I didn't sort of like meld well with the sort of like their training and the way it was, it was very rigid. And, you were uh, kind of doing your own thing. Well, I was Remember, a little like, bit getting in trouble or anything. Yeah, or I was. I was all playing around. I was a little bit older. You know, normally you go and start sort of beauty school at 16 or something. And I was sort of 20 by this stage. But I'd done that bit of traveling. So I was a little bit older and probably like insecure and mouthy and saying the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I was still sort of like 
Did you last all three years? No, I didn't. I lasted for about 18 months there, left there or got fired. And, you know, they. it was funny because later on I went... Did Mr. Sassoon do it? <laughs> no, he didn't. But later on, he became a fan of my work and I interviewed him. <laughs> And he interviewed me for a mag for a V magazine article, and how you know even in that short period, how Sassoon really formulated a lot of my aesthetics, and it was very interesting that. And um, he interviewed me. And I said, well, "I got fired," and he said, well, "I heard that you did," and you know it was <laughs> a funny. And we became not friends, but he was you know I was a huge admirer of what he did in the sixties, and he became a huge admirer. It was so flattering that. You know, that happened. You know really I mean, he was cool. such a legend. Um, I got fired by Sassoon's. I went to another salon in London. And it was there when I was working in another salon that a young girl was going out um, to do a job on a small magazine, a sort of weekly magazine. And I carried her bags and then went. I didn't really know much about it. Um, and it was there that I sort of really sort of felt at home in the studio with other creative people and felt I could really, I mean, I didn't know it that on that day, but I felt it was very, fr an environment I could work in. Being and, on set. And, yeah, being on set mm -hmm. and seeing the creative process of creating um, characters and beauty and all that. And so I very much sort of went back and, you know, quickly left the salon in a way and found an agent, you know, and then started my journey. And so when do you think you arrived? Was it that moment when you're like, wow, I'm interviewing Mr. Sassoon and he's interviewing me? Or was there a particular project you worked on where you're like, okay, I think I can make a living of this. I'm doing okay. Well, funnily enough, you know, yes, there have been great moments in my career. But, you know, I think even to this day, I feel like, have I arrived? Have I made it? You still never, I never feel, you know, I don't know if you're a creative, maybe you 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 never feel that you've really arrived. There's been some great moments. I've ticked a lot of the boxes or all the boxes I wanted to do in my career. I never thought it would take me to where it's taken me. But still, every day I'm insecure about my work and what I do. So, yes, there's been seminal moments in my career that I've really like, wow, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. But it never like, oh, it's amazing. That's when I'm fine. I'm done. I'm sort of at this level. It's not going to go away. I always feel maybe being, you know, uh, in a business that is sort of like always looking for the next new thing or, yeah. you know, you I don't always rest on your yeah, laurels. I never rest yeah, on my laurels. That's a good point. It is always about the next <laughs> new thing. Um, you mentioned the fashion world when you, you know, were like a young kid, how it was very, you know, we didn't we didn't have the exposure that we have today, which is like, you know, everyone is fashion adjacent, <laughs> it seems, and they know yeah. exactly how it works. How do you when you look at how the fashion world has changed, what do you feel inside? You know, when I started, uh, you know, in the early 80s in the fashion business, it was the beginning of like street style, street style being reported on real people, you know, being put into magazines like ID, The Face in England, these two street style sort of magazines um, and, you know, all kind of like uh, club culture being reported on. It was a really exciting time. And then the fashion industry picking up on all of that. I mean, it was a small industry. It was like, it was probably like, um, back then it felt more grand and private and mm -hmm. sort of like, you didn't know what was behind the sort of big doors mm -hmm. of Vogue house. Do you know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. like a cathedral to fashion in a way. 
now as as we all know it's you can read about it, it's exposed everybody knows about it i mean you can't say that was a better time this is it's a different time mm-hmm. do you know what i mean the industry's changed a lot and it's a it's a huge business when i started in the business i didn't know it was a business i just thought it was a creative thing yeah. you know you didn't hear about the commerce of the industry do you know what i mean that hadn't really started to sort of you know show itself and no then it became a commerce you know you sort of realized you were selling bags and you know you it was a it, you were part of a, a a commercial industry back then it felt like you were part of a like inner sect of sort of like yeah. creative people where does the money come from for this photo shoot? We don't know, yeah. but we're making magic. <laughs> you didn't really know. It wasn't talked about. It was yeah. like, I mean, that's nobody free- knew. That's freedom, nobody though. Knew. You get let to be creative because you're not talking about the budget or what you're trying to sell. You just yes. get to be creative. In the course of your career, you mentioned seminal moments. Is there are there any that come to mind or collaborators that you worked with that really stand out? And and just this was when I did some of my greatest work with these people. Well, I think the first collaborator that really um, stands up was David Sims. And um, uh, he taught me, you know, I, I I, feel I've had so many great teachers For along my journey. For people who David Sims, a photographer. Yes, he's a photographer. And he was a very sort of uh, big photographer that kind of him and a, another English photographer called Corin Day were the two photographers that kind of broke ground in the early 90s with the sort of grunge movement, which was a sort of um, a music-led um, fashion kind of movement that broke down the idea of uh, beauty and what was kind of, you know, before that, we're in the supermodel era, late 80s and all that. And then this new movement came along, very much what's happening now again, do you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. fashion. Um, and it kind of broke people's idea of what was beautiful who was beautiful what was beauty i mean it's hard to to look at it now but kate moss was the pinup of that era mm-hmm. and then she seemed alternative and edgy edgy and sort of um not the classic beauty now we know her as a sort of iconic famous model but back then she was like this young girl from a suburban town that was the sort of you know, the the sort of 360 of a supermodel. And d- d- was David just the the photographer of this moment? Is he the one that was capturing a lot of those grunge? Him and, and a girl called Corinne Day uh, were the two that were leading the way. Mm-hmm. And f- from that movement, we all got picked up by bigger brands. And it was the sort of vehicle that kind of propelled us into like spotlight. Did so you say. feel like a camaraderie with Kate and David and Corinne? Because it was like, wow, like the stuff that we're doing kind of on our own or at a small scale is now being you know, recognized by the mainstream. Yeah, no, certainly. You felt you were like in this sort of like kind of kind of edgy band that people were yeah. picking up Yeah, I want to be in that band. Yeah, I want to yeah. be in that band. And, you know, <laughs> and we were being called by these huge brands like Calvin Klein was flying us to America. And, you know, it was all like... You did the like, hair for CK, is what CK One at, right? Yeah, and, you know, the Marky Mark pictures mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. But we were all brought this sort of like we were working in a very independent way in London and then we were all kind of transported to New York and sort of celebrated, do you know what I mean? And do sort you of still given speak? This... To, well, David, to... I just spoke to him now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm his children's godfather and mm-hmm. we still collaborate not so much together, but we're still, 
you know, he's my best friend. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he was the first person that kind of, you know, you need people to encourage you to see things. And he was someone to make me re-look at beauty. I was still kind of looking at sort of America and glamour kind of thing. And he saw me to look at fashion and beauty in a different way. And that's what he was doing in his pictures. And so we kind of created this new idea of beauty, which was, you know, the beginning of my kind of, you know, sort of success, really. So what look has been the most personal to you or what project would you say it was back then with your buddies in the early 90s? Or has there been something since that, you know, has a very big place with you? I mean, I think, you know, when you're sort of like, you know, in the beginning of your career and you're you're much more unfiltered and you don't know what's going on, you're sort of, <laughs> and they, when you look back, they always, it always feels so special then and how you created pictures and created hairstyles and how you, you know, researched everything. You had, there was a lot more time then the industry was working at a slower pace and <laughs> some of the stories we worked on for magazines would take 10 days you know we'd oh like my <laughs> oh my god we'd reshoot heaven. things and or you know you know an ad campaign would be four days and a day would be spent with myself and the makeup artist working out the look you know it was a much different time and forming the like, deeper relationships it's so funny i'm thinking about a shoot we just did the other day and it was like it's 5 55 i'm turning like you know i'm unplugging the lamp right yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. we have to to, to hustle. Yeah, no, it was Three like, days, 10 days. I can wrap my head around that. Three days is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it's a different... So it feels special when you look back. And what's funny now, I go to, you know, work with designers and they've got these images yeah. on their mood boards of like, you know, and it's like, wow. Do you know what I mean? But that was a very special... Are they ever your images? You're yeah, like, yep, no, no, I did they that. Are, but they didn't <laughs> really? realize, you That's know. awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's great. <laughs> what, of your, what of the projects that you've done or the looks that you've done do you keep seeing on other people's inspiration Oh, boards? that's so funny, Chad. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that 90s period, you know what I mean, which was went from the grunge kind of period, then it went into a sort of a minimal kind of thing when sort of minimal designs like Helmut Lang and Jill Sander became very popular in the mid-90s. And at this period now, that sort of look is being kind of looked upon as a sort of, you know, it's being referenced again and you sort of see sort of the ads and sort of the sort of editorials we did then. So it's very nice to think, I mean, I've been in the industry quite a long does time it now. Does it ever bore you though? I, you've had so many references throughout the years. You've created looks that became references for other people. Are you like, oh, here we go again. Where am I going to find something new and fresh? Or are you always being inspired by new things? I'm always trying to push my own ideas and visions. And I like to sort of like, you know, startle myself still. Mm -hmm. So go, is that beautiful? Is that, what is that? How do you do that? You just like go out there and just like, let me do the craziest thing I can and we'll see if we look, it looks good. I mean, I think I've got now, I didn't have back then, but I have, you know, more cultural references of things mm -hmm. that I know how to play off things and I'm sort of more aware of things. I'm not saying it makes my work better. It's sort of, because I think sometimes the innocence of when you're working is is really kind of what it kind of makes it so special. Do you know what I mean? Not knowing so so yeah. many things. I think now I know a lot of things. I know the industry so well, and and to make something feel startling now is a lot harder. Just in the world we live in, the way images are perceived, it's harder to make a reaction than it was back then. So it's not it's so true. easy. 
Yeah, it'd be hard to surprise you. You're, it's funny when you're talking about your hair, like that. And I realize that you, you know, have been versatile and you are a versatile hairstylist, but in the 90s, it's the very minimalist, kind of grungy hair. And looking at your work, it gets very sculptural. It gets very, um, the word is not cartoonish, but like it gets right. very sculptural. You know, like I, if we need to do something very abstract, you're the guy. Is it because you're just looking for, you're pushing yourself in that direction? Like, I don't want to go naturalistic. I need to go. Yeah, know, I mean, I wilder. think I'm always playing against contradiction and what maybe people think I'm known for. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I might do something extremely sculptural. And I even did a book not so long ago with David that is look, it looks retouched because I felt that that's how people are looking at things in a very retouched, unreal way. So I wanted to make the hair feel unreal because mm -hmm. I felt it was like. That's the best word, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wanted to make it feel like. And is it, was it something from the future or is it something from the past? And mm. why is it so perfected? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? So I just wanted it to be a, I always want beauty to be questionable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I always want the viewer to look at it and with some questioning point and not just go, oh, that's nice. Not sure if they love it. Like they, yeah, they, they like, look a little bit longer. Is that nice or is that, yeah. is that a nice texture or like a Like nice bag? and pretty, you'd be insulted. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, what, no. Because it's so... <laughs> We know what nice and pretty is. I think for me, it's always been about questioning taste and questioning yeah. the, the viewer to challenge their idea of beauty. It's always been something that's like that been my sort of button to go to. You know, I always want someone to look and go, is that beautiful? Isn't it? Is that girl beautiful? Or is she, what is, what? because mm -hmm. that's what I'm attracted to. When I was Growing up in those years in London, I'd go to nightclubs and there'd be like extreme people and they were like, they were like exotic to me, but they were just like suburban girls and boys <laughs> making themselves up into these characters. But you, I didn't know them. So when I just looked at them, I was like looking at them with like questioning and, and they'd be like, they were like these amazing kind of people to me. And that's what I didn't, I wasn't attracted to like, like Marilyn Monroe and like, you know, Gla glamour, gla kind of like classic archetypes. Yeah, yeah, glamour. It didn't, it didn't ever push anything for me. You know, it was always like the sort of alternative beauty that I was attracted to. So in my work, even now I do many things, it's always that kind of questionable edge. Like, mm -hmm. and it can be a small thing that rocks my world. Like, is the texture right? Or is that purposely bad? Is it purposely bad <laughs> yeah. that you see that? Is that cut too short or is it right? It's always yeah. the thing the that- The tension people, in there is what makes it interesting. The tension that's yeah. really important to me. And I try and get that in the work, even if it is glamorous. Like a while back, I did a show with Kaya Gerber and I made a, her huge- Oh, the Valentino the Valen Couture? Yeah. yeah but it was incredible. like so big, it becomes a little bit perverse, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So you go, that's so big. It's like, is that too big? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or is it, but there would be no point doing it okay big. Yeah. That makes sense. They could get somebody else to do it okay yeah. big. And but if you're going to do it big, then you might as well make it. Let's go there. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So even in its glamour, I try to make it a little bit like, mm. Mm hmm. So you mentioned the Valentino show. Um, you do Mark Jacobs all the time, uh, and everyone has always got their eyes on that show. You do. You really are like the the guy for Fashion you know for, yeah, for for runway hair. Um, 
How the hell do you keep your energy up? Because you you hit New York, you hit Paris, you hit Milan. You probably go to London too. Yeah, I just got back from China yesterday. We did a show in Valentino last Over. week, and I was oh my god, those silver faces were amazing. Me and Pat were on the plane. I said we sort of decided to go on a certain airline. It was like we were on the plane for forty four hours there and back. I was like, oh my do you god. realize we've just been on a plane for oh like you I mean, circled the world? Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> I suppose I still really enjoy the creative process. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really enjoy what I do and I really enjoy collaborating with people like Pat or Stephen Mizell and all these great people that are, are still, I'm lucky the people I work with are still very passionate about what they do mm-hmm. and really get off on whether it's just us that enjoy it and <laughs> You know, we still enjoy that process of working with a model and creating them and creating a fantasy. And I think I'm very lucky to be around very creative people. I, you know, to work with Pat every day, you know, is is amazing because she's amazing at what she does. And we're both British. And so we have the same kind of references mm-hmm. and we come from similar kind of backgrounds. And so it's, you know, there's a sort of like, we get each other. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And then I too admire how far she's taken her craft. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even every day, the silver faces, I was like, they're amazing. Yeah. They could be so wrong, but they're not. <laughs> they're so right. Yeah. And I think, you know, she's probably the only one that can do pull that off. Yeah. What about like bringing new blood into the mix? Like, are there people that you haven't worked with yet that you want to? Or do you ever worry that you're too comfortable in your bubble of your people that you like? Is there someone you'd want to work with that you haven't had the chance to? I, I'm always, listen, you know, I don't think the fashion industry stops and ends with people like, you know, my era and what I've done. When I look at young people they're doing it their way. And there's a a whole new wave of new hairdressers and makeup artists and photographers and designers that are doing their thing and they're really doing it in their way. And they could own, I couldn't do it in their way because they're doing it in their way now. What about designers? Are there any young designers? You're like, oh, I want to do their show. Yes, there is. But if I want to do it, it's because I like it. And then they're probably doing it good already. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah, I feel yeah. like I probably wouldn't be able to do it as good as them because I, yeah, somewhere like say the 80s is back, right? Mm-hmm. But I lived the 80s. So, <laughs> to, so to me, it's slightly a pastiche era. Yeah, but they think it's still... But they think it's kind of fresh because it's... it's like Visco Girls we yeah, were just like, talking yeah, it's about. it's like if you wore it once the first time, you don't get to go around a second yeah, time. Yeah, because you do it, it in a different way. If I, yeah. When I do 80s way, I kind of know it because I was there. Yeah. Where if you're 25, you have a fresh take on it because you weren't there and you see it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can never look at... I never want to look up young people and go, oh, I did it better that. No. Because <laughs> they are actually are doing it in a fresh take. The same way in the 90s, you were probably doing the 70s, yeah. but it was redux. Yes, and- yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and so have you ever thought uh, about moving beyond hair? Have you ever worked with any other art forms or is there anywhere you want to expand your art to? I always feel like you'd be a sculpture on the side. Yeah, a, scu- a sculptor. a fine artist. Yeah, yeah I mean, Sculptural I did a hair. few exhibitions at the Met. 
Yeah, you know, the no biggie. You know, they do the costume. He spelled it out for me. The Metropolitan. Oh, you, oh you did the hair for the for, well, the, for like the McQueen exhibit or whatever. I did the McQueen, yes, and then I, I did a punk one, and I did a Scaparelli Prada one. And oh, that one was great. Yeah, and I, I actually didn't use hair in two of them. I sort of worked with different forms. Oh, cool. You know, the McQueen one, there was no hair. Yeah, it didn't look like... So what was that? So I kind of worked with masks because I sort of worked with Alexander McQueen a lot. So I kind of knew his kind of take on beauty. And I didn't really feel that I could do it justice, the exhibition with hair. So I yeah. kind of worked with different kind of people to create sort of leather and fetish and... There actually wasn't one hair mask in it, but it was, you know, had like a sort of spike coming out the top and then a sort of different sort of, you know, they were kind of, they were all kind of weirdly fetishy. Some mm -hmm. were beautiful, some were a little bit sort of like macabre, but they were, but they, I felt they sort of would encompass his aesthetic of a beauty, but I felt it would be better to do it in different things. So I used my aesthetic and my kind of balancing but then would work with people that could craft it so you know to your point i did work with a different medium um and uh kind of really enjoyed the process it was really nice working with you know a, a museum and mm -hmm. all the different people that go into making that thing work you know it was a challenge and it was um it's difficult because you're you're working with 120 kind of mannequins and you there were different rooms and you don't get to see it till it's put on. So it's not oh, like wow. a trial and error kind of thing. You yeah. have to kind of design it and keep going for meetings. And, you know, there's different kind of, you know, you're sat in a room, I, you know, when you have to pinch moments, you're sat in a room with, you know, Andrew Bolton, who's the kind of crazy, you know, person behind those exhibitions and the head of the exhibition and Anna Winter and all these different people that are, voices in getting that thing done and you're the voice as well and you you know it's kind of like wow i gotta step up to the plate yeah, it's, it's a long way from hanging out with like david and corinne yeah and, and also being that suburban <laughs> boy in a school wow. not feeling kind of thing i still thought i think how did i get here you do you know, have those pinch me moments oh or yeah like... all the time when i was in china when i was at the great wall we went i went to the great wall one morning i was like how am I in the Great Wall of China? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If they could see me now. That's, yeah. that's really I mean, there's cool. a lots of those things. I just sort of, I never sort of take it for granted of what this job has allowed me and who I've met through it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm always like, wow. You're not you know. jaded by like to speaking with Anna Wintour about no. you know, hair. Um, so you are a very private person, which I love. You're not, you know, taking a million Instagrams of you like on the toilet or like right. you know, <laughs> cooking or, you know, and, I mean, honestly, in, in beauty, that it feels like that's the way people are getting fame right. now um, and getting respect of some sort. But as we have you in the studio, what do people not know about you? Like, tell us something like, what are you doing like on a Saturday afternoon? It doesn't have to be like sorted. Just like, <laughs> like, what, like, do you like have a favorite TV show? Or are you like hooked on like, I don't know, junk food? No, I'm not. I try not to be a junk food. I mean, I can. I mean, <laughs> I have to keep away from. I probably am on a Saturday afternoon. I'm like probably preparing dinner for me and my partner. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. I do you like cooking. Cook. Yeah, you going out and like doing the shopping and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love it back? all that. Do you okay. know what I mean? I don't have a. I mean, I don't think my life is grand, but it's probably grander than other people's. But it's not. I don't 
require it. To okay, be. where do you shop? This will make the determination of how grand you are. Well, then all these like, people are going to be like, freaking out, hang out at Citarella or something. Like, no, no, no. He's a Trader him. Joe's kind of guy. <laughs> I, I can tell. I do tra- not see you at TJ's. <laughs> I'm not, but I think it's good. I can't believe how reasonable Trader Joe's is. <laughs> I can see at the back of the line with your little basket and like yeah. the Hawaiian shirt next to you. You know, all those candies and cookies they have, I bet you'd come out of there and you'd be like, I could make hair out of this. Like we're, we see Mark Jacobs next season. It's like got like two buck chuck in the in the hair. I just Whatever. like to when I go supermarket shop, I love to I don't I like to be on my own. So there's no I like to sort of wander and mm-hmm. peruse all the sort the stuff yeah, and then sure. pick it. And then I kinda like to go home and, you know, cook it slowly and I find it really relaxed. So, I mean, you know, work does take up a lot of time. Um like after this I can't you know, I'll get back. I've got a cat. I feed him. Oh, my next question was about the cat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's yeah. talk about the cat. Okay, you have a cat. I do. I know about the cat, I think, from like a photo shoot or maybe right. your Instagram. I, What's your cat's name? How old? Coloring? His, his name's Ned. He's he's five next year. Oh. And uh, yeah, I do. I love having him. I mean, it's not easy Orangey having him. Or Orangey? Orangey. Yes. He's, he's a ginger and he's a strong character. Um, He... He, you know, I shouldn't really have a cap in the mountain. I feel I travel. like Ned's a little bit mean. He you have a, little, a look in your eye. He's a little guy. He's yeah, racing. because you're not home. Yeah, cats are but social creatures. He does creatures. have a babysitter. Oh, good. Okay. So he's very sport. I mean, I went to pick him up at the, sh- you know, the shelter or the 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 place when I got him. They said, "Oh, you know, do you think you'd be able to look after him?" As I sort of drove off in the car, the driven cars, I, I think he'll be fine. And he <laughs> has, has people for that. <laughs> and he has a little. Um, he's an outside cat, so he goes out on the terrace. Oh, okay. And he has a little cat flap, and he has friends yeah. out there, and he goes and stays who, next door. Who are his friends? He should have a play date with Jess's cat. He's Janetta. got two cat friends next door, and they come in, and you know, it's a big social thing. So <laughs> I love having him. Uh, I don't know. I love going to the movies in the morning. Oh, isn't that d- indulgent? I just love that going at eleven o'clock or something, just sitting there, and the cinema's only got two people in it or something. And you are just you like, happy to go by yourself? Yeah, I love it. What's a movie that you really enjoyed recently? What was the movie? I went to see the Judy Garland with the Rennie Zellweger. You know about Judy Garland? Yeah. Oh yeah. What'd you I, think? I loved her in it. I mean, I, I didn't. Where she? Where did she go? Then you say, <laughs> Where have you been, Renee? Do you know what I mean? But I think she, that was the New York Mag headline. Or was something. it? It was something about like, you know, she's back or she she and left. She, she's yeah. Renee's found, you know. <laughs> yeah. But she was great. I really yeah. liked you know, it. What's great. your movie snack order? Do you order the popcorn at 11? I don't. I'm very. He's a healthy man. Okay, Just, he's not talking. I actually don't like people eating. I can't bear the smell of popcorn around me. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you, do you bring like a water in? Or like nothing. A water. It's, I'm very like, I like it. You know, I can't bear when people chat before in, during the trailers. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're here for the movies, people. We're here for the yeah, movies. Yeah. Once just, the trailers start, the chatting must stop. But right? people still think it's like texting time, yeah. chatting time. No, it's, yeah, it's a whole experience. And I think, experience. is it going to calm down before the movie? I get all <laughs> get anxious. anxious. <laughs> you don't know if you should shush them. Yeah, yeah no. That's so funny. So Okay, so no popcorn for you, but we have to know. <laughs> but we're going to get him like AMC gift certificate. No, we are not. Um, Product-wise, you've been working with Redkin for years, so I know there's lots of that in your kit. But what are some of your favorites these days? Yeah, I've sort of mentioned Redkin, which has been a huge, actually, part of my 
sort of latter career, I say latter, we've been in partnership now. I've been with them 15 years. Which is just, we should point out, is special in this industry because usually it's like, oh, they work together for three years, moving on. And that's like the next like hottest person on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, and new contracts. Yeah. They've been really loyal to me and they've such, we've got, they've got great, they're so supportive of what I do. I couldn't really um, have had, a, a, you know, to work with a sort of big brand, you know, and Redkins, a L'Oreal sort of brand, you know, to work with such a sort of big brand and then being so supportive of my sort of like alternative idea of beauty. Yeah. And also sort of sort of understand it. I mean, and for me to understand them, it's been like a real sort of learning thing to me understand about sort of, you know, because I, I work with them on product development and I work with them on their sort of campaigns and pictures. So, you know, I sort of then have to turn my head to sort of, how um, a hairdresser out of New York might want to see fashion portrayed. So I have to then get in another headspace, which yeah. is, is really kind of a challenge and, and a good challenge, do you know what I mean? Um, and then, say, develop products. And they're very good at picking up on if they see me using a product that maybe is not theirs or mixing up a couple of products backstage to to create a product that they will start developing that product. Yeah, you want grittier hairspray? Okay, fine. We'll yeah. put some weird grit in your hairspray. Well, you, know, they, you know, before sort of dry shampoos and sort of texturizing sprays, they would see me sort of putting sort of powders and spray together and making this sort of texture. And out of that, we sort of developed sort of windblown and sort of a texturizing mm. spray. And, you know, or when they sing wet looks and shine, then we sort of start developing, you know, products that if they see it being used for more than one season, he do you keeps mean? putting conditioner in the hair. What do we do? Exactly. Or whatever it is. You yeah. Do. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that's a kind of, and that's a creative side of it though, developing that and it's fun and you get to sort of play with all different sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it's been a great and um, an ongoing sort of thing. And so we have sort of, things in the future that we're sort of working on what's together. in your hair right now it's just like gritty and cool actually what is in my hair which look is, it stayed when you <laughs> moved it yeah, triple pure uh triple take uh 32 which is our new hairspray i think oh hairspray i've got one for you oh oh my gosh you brought us some products this is very exciting i know triple pure 32 Ooh. I, so this is our new... Do you love the names they come up with? You make yeah. these great products. Like, they always what have they numbers, yeah. yeah. So this is, um, yeah, Triple Pure 32 is a neutral, um, neutral, non, not non-fragrance, a neutral fragrance hairspray. Oh, okay. So it hasn't got that bad whiff to it. And when you're backstage and there's oh like my God. 12... Oh, my clouds mm. everywhere. clans <laughs> of hairspray yeah. going off. This is much appreciated. So... Um, why did I tell you about Triple Pure? Because you brought us a present. Oh. No, because I asked you about your favorite. Your hair. Right, yeah. right. So at the moment, you know, when a new product comes out, it's my go-to product. Yeah. You know I mean, and, mm -hmm. and hairspray is a, is a product that people often sort of like dismiss as old-fashioned or that. But I actually kind of use it in most styles. Even if it's natural, I might spray a bit on my hand and run it through the hairs. It's just like... You know, I suppose like a chef when he's just finished with something, he sprinkles a bit of a little Maldon sea salt at the end. <laughs> exactly, or a yeah. little like you know lemon zest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or mine's That's... a little uh, triple pure thirty-two. I like nice, that. a true finishing. And spray. you smelled gorgeous when you got in the elevator, right? Okay. What does he wear? What do you wear? <laughs> I wear a Veda Chakra two. 
Oh, one of their oils from like... There is, it's like a, I think it's called a vaporizer. It's like a spray, spray yeah. right? It's a mist. Yeah. yeah, they're like aromatherapy mist. Yes. Yeah. So everybody's just chill around you. I don't I know. It's like, I was just saying how nice the smells are there. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I sort of love them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Well, Guido, you have had a very long day, a very packed schedule. We appreciate you fitting us in. My pleasure. This rare conversation. <laughs> um, you got to get home to Ned. <laughs> and he's, he's whining yeah. his <laughs> thank you Guido <laughs> thank you bye it's time to raise a wand and I'm going to kick it off immediately ready go okay um, I'm so excited about this this product because I got a compliment and when I get a compliment that means raise a wand it's good okay if, if people are if people are telling you you look good you're doing something correct so Jen you noticed that my hair has been looking more vibrant lately. So vibrant. I've got my hair colored in the middle of September. Or, and it's growing fast right yeah, now because you're pumping out those growth hormones. It's cr- it is crazy. It's like I don't even have to use sugar bear hair. I just, uh, your I hair's sugar, gotten really long since you've been pregnant. It is long, right? Yeah. So um, the color's been looking really good. Again, it's been like by the time we listen to this, almost like almost two months. Orbe Power Drops Color Preservation Booster. I've got to hand it to you. Um you, it's a treatment serum. You're supposed to put it <laughs> on damp hair, but I forget. So I just kind of put a little <laughs> bit of it. It's like it has like a little dropper thing, a few drops. It's a colored Ru- serum. It's it's not a colored serum. It's a oh. serum that helps like protect your color. And obviously, I think it boosts it a little Wait, bit. Wait, there too. was no tint in that. It looks really no. good. No, I thought you just meant it was like a. Sh- wow. No, it your just color has, looks redder. It has antioxidants, it has amino acids, and it has vitamin C. I know how much you guys like that. Um, quinoa protein, bioflavonoids. All, it's like basically a little healthy hair cocktail. But this one, they have a few serums. They have like one for like strength or one for shine or something like that. I just paid attention to the color one because I have to tell you, I love what the way my hair looks after I get it colored, but I freaking hate getting my hair colored. I don't have three hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's kind of it. All it, in. Yeah. It's 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 insane when we think about it. How long it takes to color your hair. I mean, and you were just a single process manager. Oh, yeah. You're getting oh, like highlights or doing a it. triple process to a bleach blonde. So no. the serum is not tinted, but it makes your color look exactly. revived Any color fresh. Yes. Now, it's not cheap. This is $58, but we're talking Orbe, guys. It smells probably delicious. Okay. Too. <laughs> you got to pay up. You want Orbe, you got to pay. You got to pay. <laughs> you got, want Orbe? You pay. You, I don't know no, if this is their new no. tagline. Definitely. Oh, call me. <laughs> so, good. I will go the other end and I'll give us a bargain. Will that no make pay, it? no Orbe. <laughs> more, more. <laughs> okay. Our producer's going to like pull the cord and save us from ourselves. I want to talk about my cheapy, okay. cheapy product. All right, what's up? Mine's only $9.49. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> okay, Maybelline. These names, are you ready? Yeah. Superstay, ink crayon lipstick, matte longwear lipstick makeup. I don't know this why. This is what I, I call the PR words. and say, hey, we don't have room for all those words. Not, Which no, we one certainly are you willing? Don't. Let's make a deal. I think the words to remember are superstay super stay ink crayon. It is a chubby, like, it's an ink crayon. Actually, that name really says what it is. It's a twist up chubby crayon with a really pigmented matte lipstick. Mm-hmm. And I've just I've been doing the grunge thing this fall. You're very grungy today. She's wearing like a little, like, beanie, like an army green beanie, some dark lipstick, some leather pants. Well, the dark lipstick is one of these. The shade name is Settle for More. Okay. All right. Let's just, I like it. I'm leaning in. 
I'm settling for more. <laughs> I like right. this because you in this light, you look like Sheryl Sandberg. The liquid, so the the liquid matte lip colors that are in the tube, mm-hmm. I feel like they get crackly when they dry. I know this is about, creamy, yeah. dryish matte to go on. It stays that same texture. I think it's the flash off of the volatiles and some of the liquid lipsticks that are really pigmented like this that then dry out my lips even more. So even though this is a matte, it goes on the way it's going to be. Like, yeah. you know, you're just getting... It's not going to evolve into some crusty little prune face. Yes, and it doesn't okay. split and crack. So when it wears, I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't wear. You can go all the way, yeah. maybe a vinaigrette salad for lunch. It'll disappear a little bit, but it has really long wear and the color is really even. And I like that it like, you know, my lip lines sort of traveling around these days as I into my chocolate brown years. Yes. So it has a nice sharp point so you can get a really precise edge I to love it, that. which I think with a matte lip is important. It's very important. Like I think with any other lipstick, like creamy, glossy, it's okay if it's not perfect. Matte, you need it to be perfect. So settle for more. Matte's got to be accurate. <laughs> Are you still trying to make taglines? <laughs> Settle for more is their like plummy wine shade, nine bucks. Then you can save nice. your rest of your money for War Bay. Gotta pay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, fatmascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you want to reach us directly, email us at info at fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social at fatmascara, shoot us a DM, and we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.